Do you order anything by catalog? Like, when was the last time you ordered something like out of a catalog? So this is an ever question. Ever? Is it an ever thing? You didn't like get the LLB no, catalog? No, no, no. And, like, like when I was a kid, I was obsessed with like both East Bay and Baseball Express. East Bay, more well-known Baseball Express, bit niche. Uh, mm-hmm. specifically for baseball gear. Can't remember if I ordered a glove out of there or not. Um, but yeah, I think I've ordered stuff. Oh, actually, I do remember. I ordered a, a J. Crew sweater out of a catalog when I was in college. Wow. Yeah, I got the catalog and I was like, I want that sweater and I ordered it. Did you call up the number or did you like cut out the little piece of the catalog and like write your order on it? I think I called the number. Like this is like 2008. Yeah. That was what I remember is you called up and you'd call up like Land's End or something and be like, I want this shirt. And they go, okay, I'm sorry. We don't have that size. Can you do this size? And then they would get your address wrong. And (laughs) yeah, it is a very antiquated way of shopping. Sounds like an enjoyable experience all around. I mean, if you like human contact. Oh, I don't think I have ever ordered anything out of a catalog. When I was a kid, I would get the Lego magazine. I don't know if you if you remember that at all. I had the had the Bionicle for the Lego comic. enthused for the Lego enthused and had the Bionicle comic in the back. Never like ordered anything out of there because I was too I was a child, but like the idea of it. I think I was like just like Lego intrigued, not all the way enthused. So I didn't uh, get the Lego Lego had, curious. Got, yeah, Lego curious. I got Sports Illustrated for kids. I remember I ordered a T-shirt out of one time, like a. But w- when I would get frustrated with customers at J. Crew, like late in the evening when I'd be cleaning that place up, um, I would, we had like a red phone. It was literally like a phone that was bright red on the floor that was just like a direct line to the Lynchburg Shipping Center. And if, like, if I didn't want to go look for something, I would just pick up that phone and just say, talk to this person and make them go through the catalog experience while they were in store, which was like, I was just like, just ask for free shipping. They'll give it to you. And, so they thought they were getting something special. Like I probably had it in the back. I just wasn't. It's like I wasn't supposed to deal with customers. Not your problem. Just no, I was like Batman phone. I was a custodian for the most part. Like I, I didn't want to be helping. Well, I do have a catalog in front of me, a, a rather reputable one. One Hamacher Schlemmer. You what familiar is that? with these guys? No. Really? You you didn't? You don't know Hamacher Schlemmer? It was like the. I don't know, the, the well-bred cousin from the city of the Sharper Image. Well-bred cousin from the city of Sharper Image. I confess I don't really know about it. Oh, you aren't familiar with it either. This was like a thing when I was a kid of like the Hamacher Schlemmer catalog would come and they'd have like, oh, these are like the anti-gravity boots that you can use to like rub your scalp and increase hair growth or something. And they have all these weird products in them that are Mostly oriented towards old people, I've noticed now that uh, I had to get the mail at my parents' house while they were out of town, and there was a Hamacher Schlemmer catalog. Well, who do you think is ordering shit out of catalogs? Old people. That's yeah. I, I understand I mean, their a- demographic here, <laughs> but they have some apparel in it that, like, they've got uh, the Magnum PI shirt that they've got a like stitch for stitch reproduction of the like Magnum PI. Uh, Kind of sad. Shirt that Tom Selleck wore. They've got uh, the walk-on-air indoor-outdoor slippers. They've got the ergonomic head shaver. 
It's basically mm-hmm. like uh, a plussed up Sky Mall, but it, it comes every uh, comes every month, or I guess like every ten years if you're me. Like, mm-hmm. what's its relationship to Brookstone? Like, are they do they fight? Because Sharper Images is like it's clearly a, a tier above. Like this is mid market sharper image, right? See, I used to when I was a kid. I thought this was better than the sharper image. Why? But they didn't have the uh, they they don't have an in mall store like the way that Brookstone and Sharper Image used to. Do they have but, like big massage chairs? Uh, they used to. I haven't seen one in here, but they have a MA one jacket because they're living, you know, like eight years ago. Next to a shiitake mushroom log and a like life size sari game. But there's, it's just complete anarchy in here. Cause like, see, they've got Belgian like chocolate cocoa bombs next to a night vision scope, next to a washable cashmere sweater, next to like anti bunion high heels. But uh, anyways, yeah, there are plenty of ways to buy a product as we will get into here in just a moment. Oh, this was relevant. Welcome back to Heddle's Blowout. As always, here with Reed and Albert and myself, David. How are we doing, folks? You ready to get your neuropathy fixed? Yeah, never a bad... That's what they say, right? Never a bad day to work on your neuropathy. Mm-hmm. Or use a uh, scalp massaging heated hairbrush. Or pelvic floor muscle strengthener. You know, the, the possibilities are endless. But if you're looking to buy a product that you don't know that much about, say you're you're trying to buy like a toaster or something, how how do you research it? What is what is your process if you were trying to buy something um, that you needed but you weren't as, an aficionado as we are on pants? I just start buying as many of them as possible, just blind. Start wear testing them at home, making sure I can't return a single one. Don't make me get the water calculator out again, Reed. I would look on. Uh, I would try and look at, at consumer reports, but there'd be a paywall and then I would uh, not be able to get in and then I would just buy whatever's easiest and cheapest probably. Mm-hmm. And how are you finding what's easiest and cheapest? Oh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'll think of like a store that seems reputable and then look on their site usually. Alta Vista. Uh, might there be a popular search engine in your... Uh, I'm fishing for something here. Ask.com. Yeah, I'll Google is it. Where yeah, I go. I'll Google it. <laughs> yes, thank you, Albert. You'll Google it. This is what, what a lot of people do, but it's, it just, it's one of those things that's so inherent that it feels like redundant to even say it. But uh, it's a thing that apparently Google searching for products is not what it used to be. Um, in some part due to people like us, that uh, there's a piece in the New Yorker uh, this week. Can you can you clarify us really quickly? Uh, online, some people. Yeah, beautiful people <laughs> that that write <laughs> words trying to encourage people to to purchase the things in a given direction. Mm. Hmm. Thank you. Uh, I got an article here from Kyle Chaika, probably mispronouncing that about what Google search isn't showing you. Uh, and it explores how Google has gamed websites and big websites have gamed Google right back. Here from the piece, 
When I recently googled best toaster on my phone, thinking about replacing the appliance in my apartment kitchen, the search immediately yielded a carousel of images of products from various high-end brands. Balmuda, Hay, Smeg. Lower down the page were ads for online retailers such as Amazon and Wayfair. Then another carousel of popular toasters with user review metrics. Then a list of suggested queries under the heading, People Also Ask. Is it worth buying an expensive toaster? You can't gain much beyond the $100 models, uh, an answer pulled from CNET reads. Swiping down further, I reached aggregated listicles for clearly designed to exploit Google's search algorithm and profit from affiliate marketing. Toaster tips from Good Housekeeping, the four best toaster ovens uh, of 2022 from Wirecutter. Further down still was a map of toasters that could be purchased in physical proximity to my apartment. I felt lost among the suggestions, awash in information, yet compelled by none of it. This kind of cluttered onslaught of homogenous e-commerce options is what recently prompted Dimitri Bariton, a 26-year-old engineer at a recruiting software company in San Francisco, so we know his type, uh, to publish a blog post titled Google Search is Dying when it comes to product reviews or recipes. Brereton argued, results from Google search engine have gone to shit. Rather than settling for default, uh, those who want to know what a genuine, real-life human being thinks of a certain product have learned workarounds, such as adding Reddit to their searches to bring up relevant threads on that platform. On Reddit's Buy It For Life forum, for instance, they'll find users showing off a Soviet-era toaster, a restored vintage Sunbeam, uh, or other toasters to grow old with, as one put it. So, like... Nerds and weirdos about pants, but about, you know, like we are about pants, but about toasters. This is the direction that this person wants to head. Uh, Brereton told me recently that his frustration began in late 2020. I was browsing the internet one day and I began to feel like something was just off, he said. A lot of the content doesn't feel authentic. It doesn't feel real. He sounded bemused by the runaway popularity of his post, which was part of a personal research project on how information is organized online. Better information could be found on social media, discussion boards, and small-scale personal blogs, but Google Search was deprioritizing those platforms in favor of corporate websites, which could afford the money and effort it takes to optimize Google's search algorithm. The authentic web seemed hidden, Brereton said. The algorithms tell us what to read. So, feel like uh, peeking behind the curtain, it heddles a little bit. This is something that we struggle with, too, because Google controls, like, 85 some percent of all web traffic online and about half of all of our traffic on heddles comes from google search of people going like what pants should i wear um and the longer that we've done it as a website the more difficult it is to keep up because google doesn't tell you how it organizes its algorithm but if you experiment enough you can sort of get an idea of what works and what doesn't after each update and their entire industry is devoted to people who do this with like SEO, search engine optimization. Um, are you familiar with those, those things as online uh, content creators such as ourselves? Not really search optimization. I know that sometimes when I search the heddle shop, you know, like when we have something new and I want to see what the experience looks like of going into the shop, that sometimes Google will have, if I look like, Heddle shop jeans or, you know, something like that. There'll be a carousel of like random shit, even like even before our site. And maybe it's like a lay person or someone who's not maybe a Hamacher Schlemmer catalog user who's not especially web literate might be like, oh, it's showing me I searched this store 
It's showing me these options. This must be like a shortcut. And it's like, no, that, that has nothing to do with this. Those are some other sort of arbitrary selections there. Yeah, I mean, so I have, I guess I like have a few feelings about it in general. Like, I feel like the shopping thing on Google has always sort of sucked. Like, there's never been a moment where I was like, this is an incredible experience, like trying to search for products on Google. Like, there's still some stores that I like, that I go to all the time that will not show up in a search for a brand. Like, that I know carry a brand, that I know I have inventory, that like when I search for even like their product name, don't show up on a Google search. And it's just like, after a certain point, I stopped going there for certain things. Like if, if I'm at the bottom of my barrel, like I'm like, fuck, I really want to find those like South two West eight belted center seam pants. Like then I might start like plugging in keywords or like certain, like, like literal like whale counts being like, maybe I can fucking find this thing somewhere. But like, cause I'm, cause I'm a psycho. Just but looking like, at your, whale uh, your search history, oh my like, like god. oh my god, eleven whale cords, twelve whale Yo. cords, thirteen whale cords, <laughs> Engin- oh, fuck, fifteen whale cords. <laughs> engineer did these. So engineer did these like patchwork eight whale black cords like three seasons ago, and I bought them from somewhere like Essence, I think, and they canceled my order, and I never saw the email. And like it was like right at the beginning of sales season, it was like the first thing I bought in sales season. Never thought anything of it. Just thought it was like slow shipping because it was sale season. Didn't get these pants. Like they didn't ship. They were gone. They were like a ghost, pa- ghost pair of pants. And I searched for these, like the number of times I typed in eight W black patchwork cord into my fucking search bar is absurd. But like that being said, I feel like the overall Google experience is pretty wild. Like if I search like anything, like I'm a big sports fan. I don't think that's like a, secret but like if i'm searching like like there's a dude on who started showing up on the knicks named jericho sims who sounds and looks like a seventh year like nba 2k dynasty player like just like a computer generated dude and it's like if i type in just like j-e-r-i during a knicks game it'll be like where did jericho sims play in college here how tall is he this tall and like it's like i don't really even need to go off their page so I do feel like in some ways it is super helpful still, like information wise, but like maybe like in the pure commerce sense of it, like, which I think it was always designed to be fucked up a little bit, right? Like you could always sort of pay to game it and like put your shit at the top. Like I see like big stores superseding their own brands. Like I bet you if you search Bodie, Essence will pop up before Bodie pops up mm-hmm. or something like that, you know, because it's like they're just paying more money to place their shit at the top of the Google page. And so in that sense it's like i guess i'm not wholly surprised that it's like a trash experience and then in, and it, i'm spoiled because i'm in a city but i also feel like you can skirt the toaster issue by going to a store that sells toasters and talking to a real life person that sells them like in a way you know like instead of just like and i get that that's like somewhat probably like like i said rooted in access and like you know mm. like the word of the day privilege if you want to say it but like or frame it that way. But like, also I feel like there's like a lot of stores that do carry these household items in most places. And like, they're somewhat accessible. And like, as someone who definitely like appreciates a retail environment, it's like maybe someone at target doesn't know shit about toasters, but like at the same time, like, I don't know. It's like, have you tried this one? (laughs) You could ask that to a real person, you know, and not have to find the web. I think we're getting caught in this kind of like loop here though, because like, that kind of store 
like the old like the old school appliance store or whatever like places that ha- like like those stores are dying and there's fewer and fewer of those and then if i s- and then you're getting caught kind of in the google trap again cuz it's like you want a resource where you can find like oh what's like an old school kind of store where there's going to be a person who knows all the ins and outs of the toasters or washers or whatever and then you're going to find yourself like routed to best buy or whatever and like, like even just like finding on the map where this place is, because maybe if you're like in a city that where it's walkable and you're up walking up and down, but like, you know, I, dr- I drive a lot through LA and like, sometimes I'll be like, maybe I've got to pass someplace relevant to what I'm looking for, but I can't think of it and I can't search it because it's kind of buried, you know? Because you look for Google, like uh, toaster stores and you've got like Williams Sonoma and Target and Sur Le Table that have like gamified their sites specifically to like get you to go to them or like wire cutters, best toaster things like the yeah. uh, author describes. I hear what you're saying though, Albert, in that regard where like, I mean, like I can't stop laughing that this is like all over a fucking toaster. Like yeah. the thing but that it's I like genuinely toaster. Well, no, but like the thing is, is it's like, I've genuinely never contemplated a toaster. Like I just buy the one that's like, not the cheapest, cheapest model usually is like how I go when I move, but like, just like give me like one or two tiers up because like ultimately it just needs to heat my bread up to the point where it's crispy. Just heat my bread up. I don't even have a toaster. I use a pan. This is something that like, that's, that's wild. <laughs> like you're like the people, like people who have like, I don't have a microwave. I'm just like, I, that's, you're doing that to yourself. It's not impressive. Um, but I think that there is this like weird, like, I don't even know if it's like an Ouroboros thing, but like it is the wire cutter shouldn't be reviewing toasters. Like in my mind, like you should just like, if there's like a really nice toaster, if like someone wants like Cuisinart or like not Cuisinart, they're not good. What's that's the one I own the cheap one. It's like William and Sonoma. I'm looking right now has a $160 toaster option. Like if you're in the market for a $400 toaster option, if you're in the market for a $160 toaster, I don't really think if you care, you care so much if it works, like you could just like bring it back and get a different toaster. If you don't like it, like you have enough money. Like it seems like if you're spending that much on a toaster, like the people it truly matters for, like the ones that are like looking for great value on a toaster. But at the same time, like, I think we're overthinking the toaster, maybe like maybe all shopping situations, like where like, Hmm. I know that you have to go back to Target and that's just like where we're at, like with the big box. And like, ultimately, like you don't even mm-hmm. need to Google where's Target. Like it's just at the Atlantic Terminal. It's over on like Union Square for me. Mm-hmm. Like I know where you the know where Target are. is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like, but I do think that like, while you are supporting the big box or whatever, like there is something about like those associates are just like, you know, like they're just normal people. And it's like, they might not have an opinion on a toaster, but it's like, I'd rather like, I don't know. I do feel like we're circumventing a problem that doesn't really exist by like going down a rabbit hole of Reddit reviews on toaster just to find someone that sounds human to like give us a good toaster review in a weird way. I mean, that is like I think that toaster is an example where like you have to be a a pretty finicky person to like really need to go to the subreddits and do all that stuff. But I feel like I feel that way with shit like TVs, you know, or like um like a washer dryer, like something that's kind of bigger like that. And then you're like, yeah, you go to Target and you're like, what's the deal with the TVs? And they're like, I don't know. They're he- like, we have them. Like beyond that, I'm not like getting a lot of information out of them. Like I've tried to do that. But like, do you, I mean, 
like personally, I don't really understand a lot of that information. Like if someone like told me the wattage on a toaster, I'd just like sort of blink three times and pretend like I knew what they were talking about. Like when I would do TV mm-hmm. shopping, at least like back in the, like, and still, I guess I bought my TV in person. It's like, I just like walk around and be like, I like that picture. I like that mm-hmm. color. And like you ask someone, it's like, you know, it's like, Hey, will this thing break? And it's like, they'll always say no, but <laughs> yeah, but get our warranty. <laughs> yeah. But get our warranty, you know? And it's like, there was something about at least like seeing the picture in person to me where it was like, I could be my own associate in that regard where it was like, there was yeah. something like you could test it out. Even if it was like, I love Best Buy, by the way, like I don't even want to disparage Best Buy. And like, you can't do a load of laundry that like get consumer reviews for sure. And like, you know, if you're buying a $300, $400 vacuum, I understand the impetus behind like being like, let me see what people are saying about the Dyson or like the big fan I got that I fucking love. Like I definitely went, and checked out reviews but i also like i think those things you're looking specifically for some you're not just like being like i wonder what the expensive fan landscape is looking like yeah well this is sort of the, the the point here is like this is the way that all commerce or like a lot of people do commerce these days of like they're looking for things and like suggestions and validations rather than just like going to the local store and looking that they want more information and Google is like really steering people in certain directions based on how major publishers have gamed the algorithm and how like there's an entire industry of like thousands of thousands of people who do this for a living in SEO to crack the search criteria. And then like if you're a bigger publication, like, you know, us as heddles, we're competing against people like GQ or Gear Patrol or New York Mag or Esquire that are like trying these search terms as well. And like they can tune their sites way better than we can as they're bigger. Um, and it's all these little things of like where like organizing the references in the bottom of the page or like making the hyperlinks a certain color or boldness. It's like all this voodoo shit that you sort of have to have money to figure out. And it's selecting against content that not necessarily has the better information, but what knows how to play by the rules better. And you get a more homogenized source of information. So like anything product related, like because there's commerce happening there and because like so many people are making money off of that as publishers, like you're probably only going to find big, like major publications on the first page of Google, uh, regardless of what you're searching for. And like, again, fuck SEO. Like I worked on the same floor as a company that specialized in both SEO and product reviews. Like (laughs) there were always Casper mattresses sitting out front. So it's like Casper mattresses probably didn't have a ton of authentic reviews in there. Like I have no idea. I'm just speculating. They'll come after me. But like there was a company that literally just like, it was just like full of shit. Their huge ass office. And they would just like test it out and write reviews Um, and work on optimization. And like that stuff definitely does suck. But like, in considering the channels we have, I guess, and not like, again, not trying to dismiss it or anything. It just seems like, like the alternative is like Alta Vista, right? Like that I mentioned before, which is just sort of like, it's not even like merit based. It's almost random, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's like, they have to figure out some way to figure out, like find all that fucking information. So it's like, the, yeah, like, you have to find your way somewhere. Um, and there's, there's some connection that needs to be made. And so like, I do think that, you know, like I'm not like, again, not like it sucks that it has to be optimized, but like there are ways around it. Like union made wasn't optimized for shit. Like we paid these people to do nothing apparently like these web guys when we were there and like our Google search terms were fine. Like 
because we carried mostly like we were like the only like American company that was stocking stuff a lot of the time. So it was just like it was not like it would just show up and they didn't have to do a ton of work. But like our Instagram presence was really like what did it for us. Like I like I think if they had like opened up shopping off Instagram, they probably could have saved that company like early enough. Um, just because we had a hundred something thousand followers for a tiny store in San Francisco. In that regard, the same way that like Heddles has an outsized pre- like you know, a very dedicated, the, the people that do come to Heddles are very dedicated and, and care a lot about the clothing. And it would be awesome. Like I said, like, I mean, it'd be incredible if our stuff could show up. I guess I'm just, I genuinely wonder like, was Google supposed to be a growth engine? Like, or was it always sort of functioning as like the whatever public like you know like way you would find shit like yellow pages like it's obviously not the yellow pages but like in the yellow pages you paid for placement right like you paid for your size of your box and like the big ones could afford it and the small ones couldn't like that was also the way it worked and like the same way you could pay it's like i guess it sucks that it's not equal or whatever it just i i wasn't under the assumption it was you can pay for placement on Google, but it is labeled as such on a search. You usually get the top ones on like uh, the yeah. top couple and the ones on the side that are explicitly labeled as ads. But then beyond that, you can figure out ways to not pay for things, but like know what Google search algorithm is looking for and specifically craft your website and the content that you create for it to go to those top organic uh, pages, like results. And that's a thing that like no small publisher really has the ability to do anymore. Um, we try. I mean, we, we, we haven't been left completely in the dust. Like half of our traffic still comes from Google search. Um, but uh, it's a thing that it is making that landscape of like answering some of these questions a lot less diverse. And I think that like, you know, it, it's interesting that this is still happening. I mean, it's interesting that there's still this kind of bar to information, even this far down the road of having access to Google, because I think about it mostly in the context of, you know, when I was trying to learn more about clothing and, you know, I didn't know any buzzwords and just like look searching like men's clothing. That's good. You're not going to find anything of use. And it was only when I, someone told me the word selvage, which is a word I'd never heard before. That putting that in, I found heddles and I found other stuff this is in college. I didn't know about any of the, I didn't know about like the Reddit shit. I didn't know about like the blogs that were happening or like there's no directory of that. It's kind of like you can't just, you know, it's hard to find new information, especially when it comes to style and like the kinds of clothes we like and that are good. But wasn't like the premise of this that like Google used to be good? Like, and now it's like, if you say like Google is bad now, like, isn't like it implied that it's that it like, I get like, we were optimizing shit when I was working at websites, like on staff back yeah. in like 2011, 2012, like we were trying to figure out how to optimize it because we knew that that was part of the game, which meant that like, there was always sort of a factor. And now it's like super heavily optimized and super fucking monetized and commodified. And I know that and like the shopping section is like truly bizarre. And like, I don't necessarily like think it like is as good as it probably could be but i again like i'm just sort of wondering like when was the moment where there was like this sort of like when when google was like this true like tool of the people instead of like a heavily algorithmic based like i always thought that was twitter like that's why i love twitter and i remember reading this thing and i could be wrong but like when twitter got big it opened up like 
50% more of the web or some shit to Google crawlers, like their little crawlers for search terms, because like people were just consolidating information on that website way better than like any of their optimization could possibly do. And so like Albert, for instance, if you had been on Twitter back when you were looking for that stuff mm-hmm. and you had typed in like good genes, I guarantee you, you would have found a crazy debate on selvage versus non-selvage right at the top of that, like, search term because there would have been a ton of engagement or if you had gone on reddit with the same question so i guess like in my head like google was always kind of the shittiest way to find that stuff like for shopping obviously it's Mm -hmm. like a completely different situation and i don't really know how to address it and like considering that we have clothes with heddles like i that's like i have no idea how you get past essence like they must be paying a million fucking dollars a year for their optimization it's insane but Mm -hmm. You have to have a, I think you have to have a certain degree of like web literacy to, to make that jump. Right. And that Google serves as like the most elementary thing. And that's why it's a problem. Right. We live in a fast paced world. Sometimes you just need to slow down and stop. Heddles plus the noon membership program of exclusive content, giveaways, discounts, and a community chat forum. Try a month free with the code extra blowout. Welcome back to blowout. We've got a final segment here today from, from Albert, uh, discussing the, uh, trials and tribulations of the retail experience. Uh, Albert, you had a, uh, discussion of someone lamenting what it's like to be a customer in retail, uh, earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've been talking a lot about how retail has shifted, you know, with the internet and, you know, with, with Google, all kinds of things. Um, I was listening last week to uh, another podcast, another great style podcast, uh, Throwing Fits. And they were interviewing uh, Mordecai Rubenstein. It's called Mr. Mort. And um, it, it was like kind of their classic interview style, but somewhere like three quarters in, uh, Mordecai was really kind of talking shit about New York retail, which I think is something that Reed will maybe be able to speak to better than me. But at some point, and I wrote it down, he was saying something like he stores need to wake up. You know, he was just complaining about like, like, you know, he was just saying that he was complaining about New York retail, but not in a way that I felt like put the onus on kind of the big groups in retail, which I would, which I would classify as like the owners of stores, like actual shopkeepers and customers. And was said sort of dialing in on sales associates who we've all had an experience being a sales associate. It's not easy. It's not always very rewarding. Um, you're kind of in the middle of these two different interest groups. And he was saying like, he was complaining that when you go into a store, people aren't just like, if you're asking if they have something in stock, the the sales associate might not look for it. They might simply say, oh, we don't have that right now. And he was like, you got to go in the back room and check it just to make me happy, just to make me feel like you care. And just kind of some finicky shit like that. And saying something else he said was, and that particularly, that particular instance really kind of ground my gears because I, I one of the, the, times that I was I got the most flack and my whole time in selfish was I was having a crazy day we got in a new Stevenson overall jacket we'd sold through almost all of it that day 
This guy comes in while I'm doing a zillion things and says, can I see this jacket? And I looked at him and I could tell his what his size was. And I was like, look, we, we've, we don't have that right now. I'm really sorry. And then I kept moving. And he didn't say anything else. He left the store and then he DM'd Kia and he DM'd Johan and he complained to anybody who would listen about how rude I was to him because I didn't just like physically, I didn't pretend that we might have it. And he really perceived it as a slight. So I was just like, you know, this guy's complaining, this very eccentric fashion person who's sort of high up in the industry was complaining about like, sales associates not seeming interested enough in him when he comes in the store or, or, and I was just like, and then this thing about like stores need to wake up is maybe true in some regard, but I don't think it's like the sales associates fault. And it's like, like when, when will customers like learn to behave, you know, when will like, I feel like that's the bigger problem. And I think coming off this internet discussion we're having, where like people are used to either having a really like low end, like, uh, a low end experience online where they just get something super fast, you know, and, and cheap and whatever, or a very high end experience where they like do tons of research on Reddit or go on all the forums and are talking to people. And so in both of these instances, they're not used to having anybody's input or help. You know, they're not used to, there's no one to, to give them information about the toaster. There's no, you know, so I guess I just wanted to have this conversation about retail more generally and like do like I do what about retail do we feel like needs to change or do we feel like there's truth in what this guy was saying or do we feel like it's it's fair to be irritated like what do you guys think so I didn't listen to the interview you're referencing um or at least Mm -hmm. not yet maybe I'll check it out um I have I have lots of thoughts um I think I'll start by saying uh, blowout is is the the podcast for the uh, the people the associates here. Um, mm-hmm. We're we're team associate mm-hmm. or at least I am definitely team associate. Uh, the customer mm-hmm. is always wrong. Yeah, that was something I learned yeah. very so, early in my retail experience. So like I I can just say from experience like some huge stores like J Crew like when I worked there and I would be like cleaning the fitting room people would ask me for a size like. I didn't know the inventory that much. Um, a lot of times I go play cell phone games. Like that's what you were getting. If you asked me to go in there, I'd just like go talk to like someone on break. I'd be like, ah, sweet. Yeah, I'll go check it out. But like, it wasn't like it was doing it out of care. And it was cause I was making $11 an hour and it wasn't a career. And like, it's not like Mickey Drexler was going to write me a fucking recommendation for a job uh, after J crew. Like there, there wasn't a ton of trade off. Like there, like people say like, you know, do it for a hard end check. It's like, I was living in San Francisco working my ass off for $11 an hour. Um, you know, a customer being rude about a size in a sales section wasn't like the easiest thing or the hardest thing to sort of like shirk responsibility wise. But I think like there is something bigger in the sense of like when, so Mr. Mort's not old at all, but he is like probably like mid forties, right? Like that's like yeah, a fair probably. assumption early, early forties, mid forties. He comes, he comes from like a traditional retail background. He worked at like uh, Jack Spade or whatever. Like I know he was worked at Levi's and all that shit. People probably be like, has he worked many, like he's awesome. Like I definitely love him as a character. I will say that there's like a tendency though. Retail has gotten to be like more and more of a dog shit job over the years. Like my grandfather, great grandfather, I've got his watch like this like from working like 50 years at a suit shop 
And that was like enough not to raise mm-hmm. a family well, but like to raise, a, like they weren't like well off by any means, but like it was like enough to raise like salary, raise a family on. Like it, it was theoretically a career. Mm-hmm. There is a huge, mm-hmm. like there's a fundamental disconnect between, I genuinely think the entire shopping public and what it means to be a retail associate in 2022 or 2018 or whatever, like pick a year, like in the past 15 years or something, when the cost of living has gone significantly up, the money these stores make when things are going well is huge. You know, like I knew that like if I sold one Gitman shirt, I paid for myself, right? Like just as far as like after mm-hmm. everything, like I knew like I was good. Like as far as like that was my salary, like, you know, like figure out the rest of your shit. And I do think that like there was probably more sense of ownership back in the day when there were only a few people and like they might own the store one day or they might run the department one day at a department store like what the fuck Mm -hmm. ever but it's like ultimately these are transient jobs by by nature like they're designed to be jobs that only hold people mostly seasonal work like i got hired on at j crew as a seasonal employee during the holiday rush when they needed someone to clean the store and they kept me for a little Mm -hmm. longer until i moved on but like these aren't the places I guess that he's discussing, like don't give a shit about the associates. Like they're going to get mad at you for calling out if you have fucking COVID probably like the number of Mm -hmm. times that I had to go to work when I was sick, even at a place that ostensibly cared about me is absolutely insane. Like looking at it and like through that lens. And it's like Mm -hmm. this, this concept, like I do think it's like incredibly dated where it's like take pride in the work you have and love the job you have. And it's like for sure. But like, I think that might've felt easier if you felt like whatever, like, that folks took pride in the work you do and like quote unquote loved your, the work you do also when you were there, instead of just being yeah. like, I mean, like again, like not to go back to the fucking like root of all evil capitalism, like we always <laughs> end up doing, but mm-hmm. it's like the entire point of that, uh, of, of our system is to extract labor. Right. And it's like, it's hard when you're mm-hmm. like, sort of like every day you, you realize that you're just getting like, you know, you get shat on by the customers, you get shat on by management, you get shat on by ownership as an associate, right? Like there is no right way to handle those things. And like, yeah. And so I think like there is an unreasonable expectation put on people like who are, who are a very young and very early on in their, in their life again, by design, like we don't make these jobs able to work into your later career. And then it's like, yeah. Also, in a weird way, it's like, aren't these kids supposed to be too cool for school? Like, isn't like at a high end retailer, like an edgy retailer, like Supreme used to just tell people to go fuck themselves in the nineties. Like that's not, this isn't new. Yeah. Like if you go walk into if and Soho, like getting someone to talk to you is always kind of a struggle. Like, and then the number of times a customer has also been like, Hey, do you, when I've been like, Hey, do you need help? And they're like, I'm good. I'm good, man. You know, it's like, all right, I shouldn't have asked. <laughs> Uh, I feel like the uh, the power imbalance has never been bigger between customer and sales associate, both in terms of like financially that the the person uh, like you brought up that point, Albert, that like the, the customer is probably like earns as way more money than the uh, employee. They're probably older and uh, they like they want someone to boss around, I think, is like half of the experience for some of the customers coming in. And even though the like associate probably knows the product like way, way better, it's not really their responsibility that like, as you said, Reed, like they're more like a custodian just there to like run this giant vending machine almost of like that is a J crew or that is one of these retail stores. Um, and that is kind of a shame, but like, I don't think that's the fault of the retail associate at all. This is just like the 
bigger uh, forces that are like confounding against them because you can't like make a career. You can't buy a house like off of selling shoes or selling pants or even suits these days. At all. And like, I mean, going back to the size, like in the back part, you know, like just saying no, like that, you know, like theoretically, like the associate probably could have handled it a little bit more gracefully. Like I've definitely been in situations where I'm a little hot on the floor, you know, and it's like, you're like, you were saying, Albert, you're trying to do a million things or like, you know, like just like something's not, it's like, we're all fucking human. Um, I will say though, like once you get to a certain, like, I feel like store stratus strata, like whatever you want to fucking call it, like high end men's retail, mid high end, whatever it is. Like the people who tend to work there really do care about the product. Like that's not in question really. And like, I'm telling you, I knew the inventory without ever having to check the fucking computer. Like I knew what we had backwards and forwards because I wanted half of it. And the other half I could just see. So it's like, you know, like if you're asking about a rare jacket that you know is fucking rare, like I knew what we had in inventory. And it's like, like I said, like he probably... the associate definitely probably could have handled it gracefully in this situation. Like that's, that is what it is, but like the associate being me. (laughs) Yeah, no, but like, but so like, you know, like there is just this, like, you know, like a situation like that, you know, it's like you could have, but I also will say like for folks, like there is no easier way to get in with this, like a store crew or like shop crew than just being gracious in those situations. Like, you know, like if that guy, instead of like, when you had said no, he would have like, if he had just sort of like waited for a second and been like, I really like that jacket. Do you have anything like that? You know, like just paused for a beat and said that it's like, all of a sudden you would have been like, ah, fuck man. I'm sorry. Like, you know, like it's like one of those things where it's so easy to ingratiate yourself to people who get treated like shit all day too. That it's like, I mean, I feel like there's a responsibility on the customer. Like for sure. The associate's supposed to be nice. They're being paid to. They're in the service industry. Like I get that. I don't need to be explained it, you know, like or whatever, but it's like, it does seem like, the customer has just like gone like a little haywire in the sense of like, do you know what you're paying for? You're paying for the clothes, not for the associate. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree. And I feel like a lot of like what Mordecai was saying about like wanting a store where you walk in and the sales associate generally genuinely like wants to catch up and talk to you. Like that's earned, you know, like long-term customers of a store that keep coming back and keep buying and keep like engaging with you like at a certain point as a sales associate like they come in and you're stoked and you don't even care if they buy anything you're like oh it's that dude that like and you might even like not know them by name but you know them by their by sight and you're like oh this this guy is so easy to be around we'll shoot the shit maybe he's just in the neighborhood and that's kind of earned like as it is with any relationship yeah like shout out phil shout out mike shout out chad like i still remember all the cool customers from union made like to this day i remember all of them you know like the ones that i liked were like and so like i think that also is like one of those it's it's a two-way street and like one side of the road is far wider than the other and like it is kind of odd when i do see like it was like when sedaris was going in or when mitch album decided to write that like pot shot column about starbucks employees or whatever and it's just like You know, like it sucks that like the best part of your day was ruined by someone, you know, like whatever you were trying to go to Starbucks for a pick me up. You're trying to go to a clothing store for like, you know, a nice experience during that day. And it's like they should give that to you. You should expect that. Like there is, you know, that's not the thing. Should you? Yeah, I mean, I really like I I think so. That's what you're paying for. Right. It's like you buy a shirt because like most of the time, not out of necessity. Like normally you're like, I want a new shirt today. Like if you're going to one of those high end 
stores or whatever like the place i think it's fair to expect that but you can lose that privilege very fast oh right like of of like being treated a certain way absolutely and it's like you can expect that but also you're going there for a product you're not necessarily like you're not going there for a smile yeah like (laughs) and if you were if you were going there for the experience like over online shopping like i totally understand but like a there is a greater experience you can try on the goods you can touch them you can feel them like this that and the other so it's like you're already be you're already like a step ahead and also it just seems it's like just because your expectations are slightly altered by like circumstance whether that's busy or like they didn't have a size or something like you know like those are expectations they're not guarantees like you know like Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it does feel really unfair i think that day too i was like working alone which is rare and like just like running up and down the stairs and then to have this guy just like pile on i'm like I can't believe you just walked in here and went after me like that. I was so, I was so mad. Um, but yeah, it's like, I think that like, it was always fun to play. Like when people were down to play ball and wanted to learn more about the product, that was always the best. And like, you got them into it and they got excited and then that that's possible in retail. But I feel like this like person to person skill set that I think a good customer needs seems to be lacking. Mm. This reminds me of an anecdote I read about in a uh, post-Soviet history class in college that uh, in Russia, when they were putting them like the first McDonald's, they were training the staff. And oh, the vibe were, shift. It's one of the vibe shifts, but uh, glad we could squeeze that in there. But they were training the staff of like, oh, like even when people are like upset and mean to you, you have to like respond with a smile and like maintain your cool. And one of the guys was like, why should I smile at them? Why should I be nice to them? I'm the one with the hamburgers. <laughs> and I feel like that's just like the most foreign thought ever for like American consumerism of like, you're, you're going into this place to try to get something from somebody. And like, why do you expect them to like be nice to you on hand and foot? And like wait on you and, and take all your shit. Just to like follow that up too. Like I remember seeing during sometime in the last two years, someone asked why a McDonald's worker was better at de-escalating situations than the police officers. And a McDonald's <laughs> worker was like, because we get fired if we don't. Yeah. Consequences. Yeah. I will say like, if a, if an associate is kind of rude to you, like, and it's not a, one of those stores that Albert is saying is like fucking openly hostile, you know, like know that they are probably having a tough ass day because like, that is one of those yeah. things that could cost you your fucking job because the dynamic is flipped. Like it's not something that you're doing like without full knowledge of potential consequence or like full recoil after the fact, yeah. like, you know, like whoever this dude was that he was talking about as I'm, I'm sure gotten a fucking talking to, I'm sure they figured out who it was, you know? And it's like, that's one of those things where it's like, there are full stop consequences for that. And it's like, you have to be like, butt naked in a store doing like Dan flash shit from, I think you should leave to get kicked out of a store for life. Right. Like, you know, like as long as you're not stealing, like I can't imagine Mm -hmm. what can sort of get you booted, but as an associate, like you're on thin ice all the time. Like if you call out sick twice in a week and they're having like the managers having a bad week, they might just fire you the next time you show up on the floor. So it's like, yeah, I do think that like, yeah, that, that to me is a little, yeah. And like, I, you know, I, I, I was very privileged to be working in like sort of the best parts of the, of retail typically, but, um, yeah, it's like, you just, you can't control what people are going to come into your, your store and do and say to you. And, and I also feel like 
you know, if there's someone out there who feels like every time I go to a store, people are rude to me, it might be like, what's the common thread here, pal? It might be you, you know, like if you're going in acting out of pocket everywhere, like, yeah, you're going to get met with skepticism at least, if not open hostility by workers. So I don't know. Yeah. And if you're shopping and you, if you show up to a store because you're shopping and you end up shopping also, like no one will be mad at you when you swipe your card at the end of the day. Like, and I'm not saying like, <laughs> I'm serious. It's like, you know, like yeah. it's like, if you plan on That's being true. a dick, totally fine. Just buy something at the store. Don't just like use it as like a fucking stage <laughs> to be an asshole. But like, I knew plenty of people who sucked who also would shop. And it's like, I wouldn't get bummed out when they walked in. Cause I was like, eh, this dude's about to drop $1,500. Yeah. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't earn commission, so I didn't care. I just wanted them to leave. But, uh, I mean, bide our time. The uh, worker-led vibe shift uh, will, will come soon. By the way, more store owners should give, like, even at small spots, workers a cut, not just a cut of sale, like, just, like, a cut of the day. Like, not just, like, this, like, commission thing, like, not, like, 2%. Like, I promise you, if you gave them a cut of the door, they would... M- they would work way fucking harder and take way more pride in the shit they were selling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, I think that store owners should let sales associates ban people permanently. No questions asked. <laughs> yeah. If Sedaris wants to fire people on site, we can ban them. Yeah. It's a two way street for sure. But, uh, if you want to buy anything from us though, Albert, what do we got in the shop? Um, we still got plenty of the 80s fit Stan Ray Painter's pants, which are a great cut. We have awesome fatigues in the original fit from Stan Ray in olive sateen, uh, woodland camo rip stop and a khaki twill. But we are we are working hard to get you that restock of the Laboureur. It'll be lots of blue moleskin and a new linen chore coat. Um they uh they're French, so we have to be patient, but it should be it should be here not in not too long at all. So we're working hard to get those to you. And uh, we have a jewelry brand coming and we still we still have Shaco if you want to get some good raw denim anytime soon. Uh, yeah, lots of good stuff. And ideally, all that will be available by the time you're hearing this. And again, 10% off the code blowout shop.heddles.com. But uh, thank you, and uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you want to complain to us, you want to be rude to us, uh, read what's our email. Blowout at heddles.com. Thank you very much. Uh, Appreciate you listening, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye.